0: Welcome, everybody, to episode number 28 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. You know, uh, usually I start these off with, or what I've been doing recently, I've been trying to start these off with like an inspirational quote, an inspirational, you know, saying, an anecdote, a paragraph, something to kind of like really get your motor going when you when you click play on the episode you know I really like to do that and and I think it it sets the sets the stage really well and I and I usually try to make it very relevant to the topic at hand however for this podcast for this episode I really struggled with with how to do that, with how to, the the right words, the right paragraph, the right thing, because I feel like when you hear this interview with Jeff Morse from the Brotherhood Ride, it's going to inspire you, and I didn't want to do something corny at the front of the episode, and sometimes I have something in my head that I'd go ahead and do it before the episode, before I ever do the interview, and uh, sometimes I wait and listen to the interview to find the right inspiration for the, the right quote. Um, I did the interview first this time, and as I'm doing this introduction, I-, I can tell you that there's no amount of words or no quote, no paragraph, no sentence that after you hear this, it would make would make sense to you. Uh, it would just be all too corny. And so I don't really want to do that. I don't really want to to lessen the impact that this interview and Jeff's story, has on why he started the Brotherhood Ride, why they continue to do it today, what they're all about. Um, you know, no words really would put it into or sum it up in a way that wouldn't be corny. So I didn't really want to do that. Um, however, I do have a, I guess, a word or a phrase or something that comes to mind whenever I think of this. And it's something that unfortunately my fire department experienced. A death in our fire department, and at the funeral, one of my mentors, I've mentioned him on the podcast before, he did a speech, and he talked about brotherhood, but the fire department being more than a brotherhood, that we were a familyhood. And that really stuck with me, that really stuck with me, is that that this is not just a brother or sisterhood, this is a familyhood. You should treat your fire department like a part of your family. You should treat the men and women that you work with as part of your family, because it's deeper than a brother or a sisterhood, and that has always struck with me, and I really think that that is what Jeff's message really is, and when you listen to it, he treats The fire service as part of his family. And every firefighter, every police officer, every person that he comes in contact with that's a first responder or public safety person is part of his family. And that's what this ride is really all about is his homage, his just – it's it's even hard to find into words now. His just his sacrifice for the for the brotherhood, the familyhood of the of public safety, and I really think it, it really inspired me. It I hope it inspires you. I think it's a great interview. So I don't want to belabor the point anymore. Let's get to the interview with Jeff Morse from the Brotherhood Ride. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Really excited to have Jeff Morse from the Brotherhood Ride on today. He's going to be talking to us about what the Brotherhood ride is, how long they've been going on, and just a ton of, ton of stuff. Uh, You know, to be quite honest, uh, this thing's been going on for a while, and I had never heard of it until Jeff reached out to me. So I think it's a really important thing. You know, obviously brotherhood in the fire service and in all sorts of public safety is uh, is a hot topic. It's a topic of contention sometimes of brotherhood being gone or they're not being the brotherhood that there once was. So I'm really excited for Jeff to come on and talk about the brotherhood ride. Jeff, thanks for joining the Average Jake Firefighter podcast.
1: Hey, Robbie, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. uh, You giving me this uh, chance here to get the word out about what we're doing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, Jeff, before we get started about the Brotherhood Ride, I really want to learn a little bit and I want you to tell the listeners about your background. Like, how did you get involved in the fire service and how long you've been in the fire service and just how how you got into this whole thing? Sure. I actually uh, grew up in uh, Massachusetts and uh, worked actually as a volunteer
1: combination call volunteer uh, for a small company out of Rochester, Massachusetts. We had probably like 35 guys out of two stations, and uh, grew up as a volunteer, uh, worked my full-time job. Yeah, I think a lot of people know how that is, and then decided to chase my dream and left Massachusetts, my wife and I, and moved to sunny Florida and started my career in 97 uh, as, a, as a career firefighter just outside of Orlando. Moved around to a couple little departments and luckily landed with the great department back then, North Naples. We've uh, since had a merger, so now I work for North Collier Fire Department and uh, been there 18 years, station captain now, and uh, one of the best stations I think out of our 10 stations. And uh, it's been a great, great group of guys, and love doing, love going to work every day. I mean, you can't beat that.
0: Absolutely, and and I think that's that's important. And I think that speaks to why you got involved with this Brotherhood Ride and helped start this Brotherhood Ride movement that you've been doing. Because, you know, in like like you said, it was your dream. You went to chase your dream to be becoming a firefighter, a career firefighter. And I think that's something when we talk about brotherhood and we talk about where the fire service is headed, I'm not seeing that as much anymore. I'm not seeing the people that it's the only thing that they want to do in this world is to be a firefighter and to be a part of a fire department. Uh, I know for me, that was my dream as well. Like I wanted nothing more to be a firefighter and specifically for the department that I worked for now, uh, that I work for right now, Henrico fire. Like I wanted to work so bad and I was so impatient. I mean, I applied before I was even out of high school to Henrico fire. Like, I mean, I was ready. And, and I think we're, that's part of where we're losing this lack of, of brotherhood or lack of drive is that we're not seeing that we're seeing people that, that take this as a secondary career or a backup career instead of people who like you described it, it's their dream. Uh, are you guys seeing that where you're at in Florida? You know, I see it to a point, but then every once in a while, I'll, I just talk to one of my, uh,
1: guys that were or the younger guy in our department last night and I was talking to on the phone and I'm like please never leave, lose that passion because this guy's passionate and you know I think we can all look back to that first day that we were actually hired on the job and if you forget how that felt I mean I, I feel sorry for people that go through life and I have seen it you know I'm like I don't know how they got so disgruntled I don't know what they did I got I started a fire service in 1981 so let's do the math on that. And uh, I still go to work every day excited to work with the guys I work with for them to motivate me. I'm an older guy now, and they're motivating me. Uh, and I, I, I see it in some people, and some people I don't know why they even got on the job, to be honest with you.
0: Man, I, I, you're, you're speaking my language right here, Jeff. I, I'm telling you, like, I feel the exact same way. Every once in a while I get a little glimmer of hope there's somebody who will reach out or, or, you know, somebody will hire somebody in our department you like, and they, you can just tell that they want to be here and that they want to be part of our department and they want to be a fireman. Uh, you know, it just, it, it really is a, a great thing to see. So man, and that's just awesome to hear. So let's talk about what we're really here to talk about. And that's the brotherhood ride uh, is something that you started and I'll just let you go with it. Tell us how long you've been doing this, tell it when it started and tell us what it's all about.
1: All right, to be honest with you, it actually started out a tragedy. Um, like I said, I've been a firefighter a long time, career firefighter, and uh, going to work every day, and uh, I was on the honor guard. I still am the honor guard. Uh, I'm the honor guard commander at, right now for my department. And, uh, you know, we do funerals, we do events, and I had lived through 9-11. Um, you know, we felt that pain just like everybody else, but it, for some reason it, it was – I didn't. I wasn't motivated to do anything. I mean, I was motivated. We did all the stuff that everybody else did for nine eleven, you know, uh, reaching out to New York and everything. But it didn't push me to start something. And for some for some reason, on June eighteenth, two thousand and seven, at the Charleston Super Sofa Furniture uh, fire up in Charleston, South Carolina, you know, I think most firefighters know we lost nine firefighters that day. And I'll tell you, I think what really drove me was that also happened to be. anniversary for my wife and I and uh, we were going we're trying to enjoy the night we knew that we had a bad fire up there Uh, you know just like everybody else here heard the reports heard the reports that there might be a couple line of duty deaths out of it and it was the next morning when I woke up and realized we had lost nine brothers up there um, that it really affected me and my wife and uh, she was visibly shaken by somebody that we never even met I had never been to Charleston, South Carolina, I didn't know anybody that worked at Charleston, South Carolina, but uh, she's like, you know, like she says, she said if, if somebody had to come to tell her that night that I wasn't going to come home, uh, it was really affecting both of us. So um, I just told her, I said, before I left for work, I was actually going to work June 19th the next day, and I said, man, I don't know, I, I'm not a professional fundraiser, I don't know how to do any of this stuff, I just feel like I want to do something for those families. And uh, she looked at me before I left for work, and she said, whatever you do, I'm behind you 100%. Uh, went to work. Uh, at the time, I was an acting lieutenant, uh, assigned a company that day. And I just got the guys in the bay, and I said, hey, man, this is what I'm feeling. I, don't, I have no idea what I want to do, but I just want to do something for the families. And uh, four or five guys looked at me, they're like, Whatever you want, we're behind you 100%. I'm like, I've never had this happen before. Nobody's ever said, "Hey, let's go, let's go, with, do whatever Jeff wants to do." And I'm like, I have no idea what I want to do. But I, two criterias we said right off the bat was we wanted to put a little sweat equity into it. We wanted to show the communities uh, that we haven't forgotten uh, our brothers, and uh, we wanted to do it a year later. Um, be, again, being on the honor guard. Unfortunately, I've seen some of duty deaths and, you know, it's the families go through the, I call it that memorial period where it's just one thing after another, after another, and they always become numb. Uh, great what the companies do when they, their uh, brothers pass, but the, com- the families go through a lot. So we said, we'll go a year later. We'll show them that there's first responders that haven't forgotten. Um, so that's, we, we kind of sat around and we're like, okay, what do we want to do? Uh, one guy said, "Let's relay, run up there to Charleston, South Carolina." I, I said, "I that's not happening." Um, so the bike idea came up, and we said, "All right, let's ride bicycles." And again, as soon as it came up, we said, "Do you think we could do this?" And everybody said, "Well, if we can't, we're going to at least try." Um, and that was the start. Uh, that was we're going to do our very first ride, June eighteenth, two thousand and eight, one year after the date of the Charleston nine.
0: Wow, that's I just you know I'm almost speechless when when you when you tell me that story because that really is that's an that's just an amazing story. Like you you had never you know you you don't know anybody in Charleston you know you're you're from Massachusetts you live in Florida you work in Florida and just the 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 movement that that you felt and then ever all of your supporters felt just to to do something uh, in their name that's just. That's just incredible. And, and I, and I, it's, it's super, I want to commend you guys, you know, wow. Just like I said, I'm having even trouble putting the words together as you, as you tell the story, because it is so moving and it, it just, you know, I it just, it's, it's very commendable. Like a lot of people don't have the guts to put the, to put the sweat equity and in, into things into it. So it's just really, really awesome to hear you guys do that.
1: It, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, and I, I really got to hand it to my department um, again, you know, this was unproven, you know, we're going to take, at the time we had uh, 18 guys that would said they would do it, uh, 18 first responders, and uh, that was our idea our was, when we did it, it, you either had, you had to wear a badge to be in it, we weren't going to get these guys that um, were super cyclists or triathletes to kind of help us and coach us along, this was, and that's why I, when I saw the your podcast, I said. That's what we were. We were average firefighters. We weren't triathletes. We weren't the superstars. I mean, we had the pro, semi-pro guys. You know that joined our department. We weren't them. We were the average firefighters, and we trained up. And I always told the guys, I said, we are going to go together. Uh, it's going to be a, ri- a ride. It's not going to be a race. We're not going to race up there, but we're going to be together. And. Uh, One guy got a flat tire. We all stopped and changed the flat tire. We all rode together. We had the name of the Charleston Nine on our back, the names of all nine firefighters. Uh, It just so happened when we planned out it was going to take us nine days to do it. So it was going to be nine days on a bicycle, uh, and we went nine days for nine heroes. And the goal the very first year was we said as long as we had two people on the road, we would be able to relay ride up there. So – we all planned it out, the 18 guys. Okay, you take two out. You take, you know, the 20 miles. I'll do 20 miles. You'll do 20 miles. And when we left my fire station, we had this great big off. you know, a lot of trucks with the flags flying. And we got down the road 20 miles, and we're like, all right, who's coming off the road? Nobody wanted to come off the road. We go down the road 40 miles. Nobody wants to come off the road. Everybody did every mile of that first ride. I think it was like 730-some-odd miles up
0: to Charleston, South Carolina. Wow, that that's just that's incredible. Uh, speak to – I'm really super interested. Speak to the training and the you mentioned the flat tire as well. Uh, speak to the training that you had to put in to be able to make this ride and also speak to the logistics of just getting these 18 guys, and I'm, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sure it's grown over the years, but speak to the logistics that it takes to get everybody from point A to point B as well as how much training you got to do to you know because like you said you're just you're an average firefighter and, and i'm the same way uh you know how much that you have to put into before you even do the ride to be able to just make the ride
1: yeah it's it's um now that we're on a team and like i say this is you know 12 years later we're doing this uh it's pretty much constant we're never i will usually take like a month off my bike after we get done with the trip. Um, we're going over 700 miles on this year's ride. But uh, I'll take a month off. But other than that, we're pretty much constantly on our bikes. But what's different with us is we can't ride as a group until the actual ride because our team members come from across the country. We'll have Texas firefighters show up. We'll have Colorado Springs firefighters. We'll have guys from Massachusetts. So we only get to really ride together in a group once a year. And inevitably every year we're adding new guys to the team because, unfortunately, we've had line-of-duty deaths throughout the year, and we're honoring those departments, so those departments will send new people with us. So it really takes us like a day or two on the ride to meld. But I'll tell you, after riding anywhere from 80 to 100 miles in one day, which is our average, uh, we, we meld pretty quick. And uh, I tell the guys at the beginning of the ride, you know, we don't know some of these people is the first time we're meeting them, but by the end of day two, you're sharing your toothbrush with the guy because that's just how it is. We are just stacked tight as a group.
0: Just like the firehouse.
1: Yep, yep, yep. So was, as, you, as yep. I
0: said, go
1: ahead, I'm sorry. No, there was part two of that question, which I totally forgot already.
0: Yeah, uh, so tell me about the logistics that it takes to get all these people from point A to point B. Like, I'm sure that you have, like, I I you know, I've, I've done I've I've seen some of these rides where they have like you know trailer vehicles and and things like that like, what kind of, like what what kind of logistical support do you need to complete a ride like this
1: right so that's that's one thing I always tell people is you know everybody looks at the riders and we come in we get all the applause people are shaking our hands we're hot and sweaty people are hugging us and, you know, it's a lot of work to be out there, especially in the days in the summertime when we do it around here in Florida. Uh, we're pretty hot and sweaty by the time we get 10 miles in the road. But the true unsung heroes, I think, are two groups, the board of directors. We have 11-man uh, board of directors, 11-person, uh, that make sure that this ride continues year after year. Uh, when we're actually on the ride pedaling, I think it's the easiest part for me because all the logistics is done, the planning's done. And now I'm just riding. But it really is the board of directors that make sure once this ride starts, we've already planned the next year's ride, unfortunately. There will always be somebody of honor. Um, And the other group that is the Unsung Heroes is our support team. We couldn't do this. We couldn't go down a mile down the road without our support team. And like I say, the very first year, my department was awesome. They let us borrow all kinds of equipment, vehicles, trailers, and uh, they didn't know if we were going to do it. They didn't know if we were going to get done with half a day and say, hey, this is stupid. Let's go back to the station. And they stuck their necks out. They really did. Uh, the guys that were on the support team, they believed in us. They kept us up. I mean, we have some bad days out there. Uh, we don't stop for anything except for lightning. So when it's downpour rain, we're out there, and they keep our spirits up. But our support team is second to none. I don't care what other organization you talk about, our support team's going to beat them. Because these guys not only get us prepared, um, but then they have every 20 miles, they have a complete rest stop set up for us. They'll go down the road, find a fire station, find a police station, sometimes a gas station. And when we roll in, we're literally off our bikes for about 15 minutes, filling our water bottles, getting the nutrition we need, and we're back on the road again. They leave, they go another 20 miles. Uh, When we get in at night, they have everything ready for us, all laid out. Um, Another group I have to thank is the um, Benevolent uh, Protective Order of the Elks. So a lot of places will have an Elks Lodge. Nobody knows what the Elks really do. It's a fraternal organization, but they are phenomenal. They are our second home away from home. What they do is we sleep there every night. Usually we'll roll into a different town and we'll sleep at the Elks. We'll bring our own air mattresses. Our support team brings them in, has them set up for us. They'll feed us a hot meal when we roll in, uh, usually with a big reception. We'll sleep on wherever we can find an open space on the floor. We'll wake up at 6 o'clock the next morning. They'll feed us a hot breakfast, and we're rolling down the road by 8 o'clock. So they're a huge component to us to keep our costs down to a bare minimum so we could give more back to the families.
0: So not only is this a tremendous physical feat to take to undertake, it's a tremendous logistical feat uh, to undertake, and it's just incredible what you guys continue to do. And and, and like you said, you started in back in your first ride was in 2008, and here we are, 2019. So let's talk about the 2019 Brotherhood Ride. Where are you guys going? When is it? And how far are you going? You know, what's point A to point B and, and all of those things? Yeah, so we're actually staying in Florida.
1: Um, we've done a couple different rides where we've had to go out of state. Uh, we rode to Texas. Um, that's, a, that's another part of the story. Uh, the very first ride when we were getting ready to do the ride up to Charleston, South Carolina. Probably about a month out, like you said, I'm trying to figure out logistics of it and everything. And somehow it got on firehouse.com, uh, what we we're planning and uh out of the total blue i get a call from a district chief out of houston texas don't know him at all and he says hey man i really appreciate what you're doing i got three guys uh we want to ride with you and i'm like uh chief uh, i have no idea what i'm doing i'm kind of over my head with this right now i don't think it's a good idea and he's like no we're gonna come ride with you and i'm like uh okay i said i don't even know if i have enough water for my guys He's like, Jeff, I'll give you two weeks. I'll call you back, and we'll we'll talk about it. And sure enough, those guys drove over here from Houston, met us in Naples, Florida, and they rode with us up to Charleston, South Carolina. So, um, unfortunately, they had a captain and a firefighter die Easter morning in 2009. So, in 2010, we actually rode from Florida to Houston, Texas. So, um, this year here... We're riding in uh, October. We're leaving October 20th. We're, riding, we're going to honor 21 first responders who died in the state of Florida. Uh, with us, the Brotherhood is, consists of police, fire, and EMS. I always tell guys 3 o'clock in the morning, somebody's, I'm, I'm in trouble. I know the cops got my back, and if they're in trouble, I got their back. So we truly are brothers. We like to kid each other. We give each other a hard time on the drive, believe me. Uh, The jokes are flying as we're pedaling down the road, but uh, when you talk about brotherhood, that's another piece of our brotherhood. It's police, fire, EMS. So we're honoring all 21 first responders who died in the state of Florida. We're actually going to leave um, from Titusville, which is on the east coast of Florida. Uh, We're going to ride up to Jacksonville. Jacksonville Beach lost a couple of firefighters. They lost a couple of police officers up there. We're going to ride down through the center part of the state, and then we're going to end Right outside my fire district, it's probably like 30 miles up the road from my fire district, is Fort Myers Police Department. Uh, unfortunately, Fort Myers Police Department had a police officer who was shot and killed um, in uh, Fort Myers last year, so we're gonna, that's where we're going to end the ride. Before that, we're going to be going through Cape Coral uh, the same day, and we're honoring a, firefighter, a local firefighter. Mike Carmelo Jr. He was an awesome guy. Uh, unfortunately, he had an aneurysm as he was reporting to work, so he was died in line of duty. But all of them, I mean, it's really hitting us because it's real close to home this year for some of us, but everybody that rides has a reason to ride, and uh, it hits people differently every year.
0: Yeah, so again, wow, just tremendous, tremendous. So, how many people are, are you anticipating along on this year's ride?
1: We're looking at 45 riders this year, and we'll be covering just over 600 miles in seven days uh, is our total distance um, that we'll be doing this
0: year. What if somebody wants to join the ride? How do they do that? Maybe it's too late for this year, but what about next year? What about 2020?
1: Yeah, we're always looking for new riders. Um, Like I say, the guy that's the triathlete out there, this probably isn't the ride for him because we – we'll go as slow as we have to, to make sure everybody gets into it. Like I say, you know, our biggest muscle we have is our heart. And uh, there's days that we're crawling up some of these hills and uh, we've had some of these triathlete guys come on the ride. And uh, some of them are great. And I mean, I got guys that are powerhouses that could way out pedal anybody, but they know the reason we're out there and they're out there helping the guys. Other guys, just like anybody else in the fire service, you know, you get the one or two apples out there, the bad apples and, this ride isn't for them. It's not, it's not, uh, fast enough. It's not hard enough or something like that. So anybody that really wants to just come and honor somebody can reach out to me. We'd have to look at logistics for this year to see if they could get on this year's ride or not. But we're always looking for new riders. Like I said, we come from across America. Uh, and for most people that come on this ride, it is life changing. It's a totally different animal. Um, you're not, it's not about you. It's about the guys we're honoring on our back. And there's some bad days out there. And you have to realize we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for our fam- the families that are left behind. That's, our primary mission is always to give emotional support to the families. And then our secondary mission is to give a financial donation afterwards. But when the families see us coming down the road with their loved one's name on their back, it's, to be honest, it's priceless. They, you can't put a price on that. Uh, I tell the team all the time, you know, these guys – These families were given a promise at that funeral. The promise was made by so many people out there that said, never forget. And unfortunately, I think, like you were saying earlier, I think never forget or brotherhood is just words that comes out of somebody's mouth sometimes. It's convenient to say it when it's a hard time. Hey, we'll be there. You know, we'll never forget. Where are those people a year later? When you know the wife says, "Hey, they came by for six months, and now I don't see the truck come by at all anymore," uh, and we're, we're there just to keep that promise.
0: Yeah, you're exactly you're exactly right, and and you don't see that. You and in fact, it, it, it's been national news where even our politicians who said they would never forget the sacrifices uh, that we make, not just for nine eleven because that's been the big big news, but even here locally where I'm at. You know, always politicians want to come shake your hand. Uh, You know, when it's election time, they want that IAFF support. But I know here in Virginia, like they continually vote down cancer legislation. They continually vote down things that are going to make our lives easier. Or if something happens to us, uh, you know, our family's life easier. So I totally I I totally agree with you. And, and you know, and the thing that I have to compare it to, is the stair climb. I've done every 9-11 stair climb that we've had here in the city of Richmond, Virginia, where I'm from. And I've even done one at FDIC. And exactly what you're speaking to, those events are not to they're not for the the ultra runner or the ultra athlete to run up and down and see how fast they can do the stairs. They're for the remembrance of that firefighter or that police officer that you're carrying up and down those stairs. And you and you constantly see people trying to to tell people, you know, remember why you're here. Remember what you're doing this for. And, and you see people still like, oh, I'm going to do the whole thing as fast as I can. And that's not what it's about. And this seems very similar to what your what your ride is talking about. It's not how fast you can get across Florida. It's about doing those miles for the remembrance of your brother, police officers and firefighters and EMS providers.
1: It's all, it almost takes away from it when, when you have those people that are so competitive in it. And like you say, they, they're forgetting about what they're doing it for. Sure, they'll have the badge on them or they'll have the tag with the guy, I mean, but they're there for all the wrong reasons, I think. I think it is, like you say, to, to, and it's more for the families. I mean, the families, every time, all we have to do really is to remember that person that paid the ultimate price and to say their names, and you'll see those families light up just to hear that their loved one was remembered one more time. And uh, it it just, you know, there's there's great departments out there. I have met the best of best departments that go back a year after year, make sure the families are taken care of. The guys still come by and check on the families. And then, unfortunately, I've met with the families that say, I don't even feel like I was ever a part of that department. I don't even know if my husband actually enjoyed working in that department. And it's sad. It really is sad when you hear that because – that's what they hold on to. You know, I, I, like I said, I, I started as a volunteer firefighter and, uh, I went to my first Academy class. It was a, a part-time Academy class nights, weekends. And, uh, my, remember my Academy instructor. Yeah. Uh, he's a retired fire chief. Now, Bill Harriman out of, uh, Duxbury mass. And he told us, he said, when you get that badge, that's a privilege. And now that you have that privilege of wearing that badge, you have an obligation. You are obligated to make it to every funeral that happens in your area. The family expects to see a sea of blue when they look out there. Whether you knew the person, whether he's a police officer, whether he's a firefighter, you have an obligation to be there. And I, I kind of took that to heart. And now, you know, I probably sound like one of those guys that, you know, oh, yeah, look at him, Mr. Gun-ho, and everything. But like I say, 30-some-odd years in the fire service and i still believe that 100 percent. if something happens around locally i'm trying to make everything i can to rearrange my schedule a group of us from my department i'm not special a group of us from my department will always try to attend and make sure we mem- remember what happened there
0: that that's just fantastic and like we talked about at the very beginning you just you're just not seeing that as much um unfortunately we had uh almost a year ago now we had uh uh, and locally here in, in Hanover County, Virginia, which is actually where I live, um, just outside the city of Richmond. And where I started my career, we had the line of duty death of Lieutenant Brad Clark. And it was just, you know, super sad. But that was the epitome of what a fire service funeral should be. People came from all over the state, all over the country to come and honor uh, Brad, who was above and beyond what a firefighter should be and, and, and what a person was and how, who he reached out and who he touched. And then my department experienced uh, not a line of duty death, but a death, a sudden death. Um, and it just was, again, kind of the same thing. Like you just saw firefighters come from all over to, to help celebrate that, that person. And that's what it really is all about. And that's difficult because those things are sad. I, I, I sat through both of those funerals feeling extremely uncomfortable uh, cause I knew both of those guys pretty well. And I just need, like, I, I knew I needed to get out of there like after a while, but I knew that's where I needed to be to rearrange my schedule. And I needed to go and at least show the respect and show the support. So I truly, truly respect everything that you guys are doing with the brotherhood ride and everything that you're all about. Um, and I hope that the rest of the fire service starts to mirror that a little bit. So as we start to wind down the podcast, let's talk about Let's talk about how we can help out for the Brotherhood Ride. You talked about uh what we could do to uh if we wanted to join the ride this year or next year. Uh let's talk about where people can contact you, what your so, any social media that's out there, website, how they can donate to the cause, all of those things. Hit them with it.
1: Perfect. Uh my wife uh, runs the organization. One thing I want to make sure uh, people realize too is there's nobody that's paid that does this. This is grassroots. My wife, like I say, my wife and I started this back in 07. Nobody gets a paycheck. Nobody gets a dime from this. Most of the guys will use their vacation time. So they're flying into Florida, burning a week's vacation time to get this done again for families that they have never met. They're taking time away from their families that they could have been on any type of vacation uh, to come down here and do this. And nobody gets a a check for it, or gets paid for this. Um, with by doing that, we've been able to keep our costs down to a minimum. That we've actually hand delivered over four hundred and fifty thousand dollars straight to the families, on top of just making out sure make, making sure we have the emotional support for families. So if anybody wants to help us out, uh, our Facebook site, we're always on it. Like I say, we're going to be going in October. There'll be a lot of videos going on there uh, of what we're doing. And then when we're actually on the ride, you'll see a lot of pictures and videos of us coming into these different stops and everything. Uh, There is donation sites on there also. We also have a website, brotherhoodride.com. All one word, brotherhoodride.com. And, uh, again, lots of videos. A lot of our past ride stuff is on there. Um, And then my phone number, you know, 239 633 7098. It's on 24/7 to talk about the Brotherhood ride. and uh, love to talk to guys across the country that uh, would want to join or just want to support this. Um, we have done some long distance trips. We have ridden through Virginia, believe it or not, uh, a couple times. And uh, our longest ride we actually did was for the 10th anniversary of 9/11. We actually rode our bikes from Florida up to new york city it took us 22 days to complete that but we did ride through virginia
0: wow that is that's incredible um so i just want to make sure we got all the the stuff so brotherhoodride.com is the website what was the facebook page again it's brotherhood ride
1: just look up brotherhood ride um on facebook
0: all right good no so no no other social media no twitter no instagram nothing like that I'm on Instagram. We're on Instagram, but
1: I just I'm, I'm more comfortable with a Facebook guy than I am Instagram. But we do have we are out on there on
0: Instagram. So awesome. Well, Jeff, uh, again, just a tremendous, tremendous thing that you've put together. A completely like you you said it grassroots effort to just honor fallen first responders, fallen firefighters, fallen EMTs, fallen uh, paramedics, and fallen police officers. I mean, I was, I'm looking on the website, and you're, you're even honoring two canines this year which is something that people forget that canine police off. you know canines are police officers you know most of them are are sworn i know the ones that we have around here they're sworn officers and they serve and and do just as as much stuff if not more stuff than uh than than humans and i think that's it that's an incredible thing that you guys are doing um thank you for coming on the podcast is there any kind of parting words that you have for uh the listeners I just
1: really want to thank you for helping me spread the word about this and uh, anybody that wants to support us along the way. uh, Like I say, I've always told people we're not the heroes. We get a lot of accolades when we come in and we did this and we did that and we get the keys to the city sometimes depending on where we go. We are not the heroes. We're the average first responders out there that want to keep the the, the, the promise to the families. The true heroes are the guys that we wear on our backs every name is on there that who we honor every year those guys are the heroes we're just the messengers and i can't thank you enough for for helping me spread the word about this um i i took your podcast the gift from december and i've listened to that i've shared that with a lot of guys in my department because that's where we got to get back to uh the, the gift of being brothers to each other
0: well, Jeff, I, thank you for the kind words, but the the pleasure is absolutely mine. Um, I think this is a the more than worthy cause uh, to help and in, in just honor these first responders. I, I thank you for joining me on the podcast. And, you know, I hope everybody gets – I hope the word gets out more about the Brotherhood Ride. And I hope next year you've got 100 riders. I know that would probably be a nightmare for you, but I hope next year that you have even more riders and, and that you can – it, it just, this continues to grow and it becomes even bigger because I, I really think that it's, it's, it's awesome what you're doing. And I think it's an awesome, awesome thing that, uh, to honor these people. So again, thank you for coming on. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, Jeff. And we'll be uh, back with a few closing statements on the average Jake firefighter podcast. Again, what a tremendous interview with Jeff Morse from the brotherhood ride. I, I just can't again I've listened to it, I've edited it. Uh, you know I was there when it was going on and it really really was impactful and I think you can hear that in my voice when it, there's some of the things he says that I just can't I can't even think of a response or, or even a next question to ask because his his answers are just so powerful and they and they're so meaningful uh i really hope everybody goes to the website brotherhoodride.com and and if if you don't want to ride uh donate a little bit of money to the cause it'll help make those rides easier for them it'll help them figure out logistical items it really really is just something that could really help them out and jeff is full on into this thing and I just it's again it's a tremendous thing and I just can't put into words how impactful that interview was I thank Jeff wholeheartedly for coming on and not only for his kind words about the podcast uh, but just his inspiration to everybody I mean he's got a very inspirational story um, with that being said uh, I couldn't do what I do without the help of some great great people Uh, The first being Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear is the makers of the MK1 Fire Glove. Those things are made for work. I wear one. I wear a set, rather, a pair of gloves every day when I'm at work. They keep getting better and better after every use. So make sure you go to VanguardSafetyWear.com or DingusFire.com and pick yourself up a set of MK1 Fire Gloves. They're made for work. Secondly would be Taylor's Tins. Taylor's Tins makes metal helmet fronts for your helmet. They do any kind of style you're talking about. These guys will do anything. Not only are they doing helmet fronts. They're doing cards like metal cards. They I've seen them do playing cards. They did a set of pump cheat sheets, metal pump cheat sheets for my good buddy Andy over at the Water Thieves if you listen to the last episode. Those things are awesome. They are they are durable, they are informational. Uh, and Taylor's Tins is just doing a lot, a lot of great things. So go to taylors tens.com taylors Tins.com, or you can get them on Facebook, uh, Facebook backslash taylors10s, and get in touch with Taylor and his team, and they're going to make you some amazing stuff. Th- the only thing that's going to limit you with Taylor's Tins is your imagination, and it's not some click-down thing. It's gonna, he's going to give you some custom art. You're going to tell him what you want, and you're going to get a fully customized item from Taylor's Tins. So stop burning up leathers and start wearing Taylor's Tins. Um, Additionally, the Fire Ground Commander Conference. Fire Ground Commander 2020, coming back to the beautiful historical Henrico Theater, March 23rd through the 25th. Fire Ground Commander 2020, year number three. Uh, We are so close to been able to release these speakers just had a planning meeting with uh ben martin from over at embrace the resistance and taylor goodman who is one of the instructors on the water thieves who help we all three kind of together help run the conference ben is definitely the bankroll in the brains and he allows us to help him run this conference which is a tremendous opportunity for us but we are so close ...to being able to release the speakers. We're nailing down one or two more. But I'm telling you, the names we've got, you don't want to miss. Especially with all the stuff coming from the FDIC stuff. There's going to be speakers that were turned down by FDIC at our conference. I can guarantee it. And there's going to be speakers that were accepted at FDIC coming to our conference. Okay, So if you are upset that maybe this guy that you're going to Indy to see wasn't going to be there or isn't going to be there, come to Virginia, come to the Henrico Theater, go to com or the Fireground Commander page on Facebook or the Fireground Commander Twitter for all the information you're going to need. March 23rd through the 25th, Henrico County, Virginia, Fireground Commander 2020. Uh, and lastly, I'm going to be at the Water on the Fire conference Uh in the next week or two. So I don't know when you're going to be listening to this, but uh, water on the fire conference in Pensacola, Florida, put on by Kurt Isaacson and County fire tactics. It's going to be great again. Uh, I've never been to this one. I've heard it's great things. I went to the John Norman one in January and that was a great time. I'm super excited to get to go learn from some of the best engine company instructors in the country. And maybe some of them will come on the podcast. Uh, that'd be awesome. But if you see me there at the water on the fire conference, Come up, say hello. You know, we can talk. We can talk tags. We can talk everything. You can even tell me you don't like me. That's okay. All right? Uh, everybody's got their opinion. But uh, Water on the Fire Conference, I'll be there. I can't wait. And you know how we always end these things. Make sure you spend one hour every day in the gym working on your physical fitness. We gave up our right to be out of shape When we signed on the dotted line and said we wanted to be a firefighter. So get in the gym. You don't got to be a superhero. Okay. You don't got to be a super time CrossFit athlete. Go for a mile walk, throw your air pack on and walk on a treadmill for 30 minutes, anything stretch, get back into shape. Okay. It works. I'm telling you, you don't have to do a whole lot to, to get in shape. All right. You don't have to do a whole lot. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be simple. Start with doing 50 push-ups and then do 60 and 70 and just keep going until you get better. So spend that one hour in the gym. Spend one hour in the day in the library learning about our job, reading an article, reading fire engineering, firehouse, fire rescue, fire apparatus, read a book, watch a YouTube video, practice your scene size ups while you're watching these YouTube videos. Spend an hour in that library educating yourself on the job and spend an hour every day doing some sort of hands-on training again it doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to be hard at all the other day at work we spent one hour just stretching and packing the bumper line that's it talking about different ways to stretch it talking about how if we had to short stretch or we had we had to go eccentric from the rig how we could make it work for us it doesn't take anything extravagant we did that with our fire gloves on and that's it it doesn't have to be anything crazy But those little things, those little things build up to be big things. And if you do that, if you spend just those three hours every day trying to get better at our job, I guarantee it's going to make a tremendous impact in your firefighting. So make sure you're spending those three hours every day. One hour in the gym, one hour in the library, one hour hands-on training. And I guarantee it's going to make you a better firefighter. Thanks for listening. Stay safe but aggressive. I'm out.